Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Morning Podcast. As always, it's your host, James. Back to give you guys more of the greatness, so let's get right into it. Um, this week, this week's a really good week. Um, and I say that in all respects of, of how a person can enjoy a week that they're going through. Uh, but mostly this has been a good week because, man, um, this has been one of the best uh, weeks that we've had some really good games uh, that came out and yeah. And, and announcements and it's just been, it's been really cool. So um, Sony did their state of play and they've shown off, you know, the various progressions of games that they've already announced and whatnot. But the big takeaway from their state of play was their announcement of the PS5 upgrade for Final Fantasy VII Remake. Uh, it's titled Final Fantasy VII Remake Integrad or Integrate, however you want to pronounce that. But um, the synopsis, it looks a bit different than what a uh, normal Final Fantasy VII experience would be. And this is basically to the point where I'm basically saying I'm just going to, you know, uh, lift my hands off of, you know, taking control of my my belief of what Final Fantasy seven is, because they're clearly going to be um, going off the rails and retelling a lot of uh, some of the normalities that, you know, we as fans have come to understand. And, you know, they're going to be changing some stuff up. And one of the things that they're going to be changing up is the um, the reintroduction or the introduction of. To, uh, to the character uh, Yuffie. Uh, Yuffie's a really popular character from Final Fantasy VII. Um, one of the, um, you know, just so people know, uh, was one of the original uh, secret characters, not one of not one of the uh, characters that was required in order to progress in the game. Uh, you would run into her and uh, you'd fight her in battles and she could steal your materia and it was just it was really funny and you know you basically just got to coax her into uh joining uh you know your team and yeah and then the rest is kind of history and you know she's a she's a really good uh companion to have in the game and so they're introducing uh her through a bit of a side story uh you know not directly um, a continuation of Final Fantasy VII Remake that was released last year. Um, but like I said, just to kind of um, just it's it's an upgrade. It's going to be available on PS5 and it's going to just introduce her character uh, through just kind of like a mini chapter, if you will. So I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I think it's going to be really cool. Um, I still am holding out, you know, until they uh, announced you know, when they're going to finish up the other chapters. Um, I don't, you know, we don't even know how many chapters there are going to be. Um, I really hope that this is just maybe, I mean, at best a three-parter and, uh, you know, we'll see. And uh, maybe they'll continue to do introduction of the characters through these little mini, um, you know, mini chapters in between of development, which will be all right. Um, 
but I know like for me, I'm, I'm my main character I'm looking for is Vincent Valentine. I mean, that, that dude's so dope in the game. If you don't know him, get to know him because he's probably one of the best uh, characters in in the entire Final Fantasy uh, franchise. So, but that's my opinion. So, uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, Final Fantasy VII uh, Remake Intergrads coming out uh, pretty soon. I It said 610, but I think that in, in Japan it's... Uh, they do they do the day first in the month so i think it might be october but i'm not sure somebody can straighten that out for me uh if they want um persona 5 strikers uh released this week and i picked it up and you know what's really crazy is like i picked it up not even finishing the original uh persona 5 did not play royal um i understand how popular the game is i do enjoy persona as a series uh just i don't know why i fell off of uh persona 5 i think just life just got in the way but anyway i uh, picked up strikers and it's it's a really good game um it's made in the style in a hybrid style of like a dynasty wars game it's actually uh co-developed by them um so you get a lot of the you know uh you know one versus all kind of feel uh, at times but they do keep it true to form to persona and you got a lot of the you know uh details that you would understand in the normal game you know you got your uh your persona attacks and your you know your strengths and your weaknesses and your you know your party and the bonds and all this other stuff and the story's great and it really does even though i didn't complete uh persona 5 it feels like a proper continuation slash send off, uh, you know, the closing of a, of a chapter. Cause I know that with personas and final fantasy does it as well. They usually end uh, a lot of their, uh, games with this very ambiguous understanding of what happened with the protagonist or the party, or it's always this, uh, you know, like with persona four, uh, I remember, you know, um, the ending to that was just so it, it was sad to me. It was really sad. And yeah, like I would give anything if they did a persona Four strikers and had all those characters come back together, you know, for one more run. And I think that that's something that they've been able to strike while the iron's hot with persona five being so popular right now. I mean, it's, it's so good that it, it, it's arguable to whether it's you know better than persona 4 or you know if it's in a class of its own i personally like persona 4 more than i like 5 i think the characters are just a little more relatable in that one um but that's just me i think a lot i think the majority would probably pick 5 but you know everybody has their kind of entry point i think persona 3 is is a really good one too but strikers is really amazing i've only played um, a few hours of it, but man, I mean, it really does feel like, uh, like a sequel in, in some way. And they got it on the Nintendo switch. So it's on the PS4, but it's also on the Nintendo switch. I picked it up for the switch and it runs like a dream. So it, it's a really good game. If you, uh, if you enjoy dynasty warriors in some sense, or, uh, if you, you know, you're finished playing Age of Calamity. You want more of that style. Um, I would say pick up Pers uh, Persona 4, uh, 5 Strikers. Um, 
it's not as wild as far as the enemies that they throw at you. But then again, I just pick normal. Maybe they throw more enemies at me if I uh, ramp up the difficulty. But who's to say? So I don't know. But for what I am playing, it is amazing. So there you go. Um, Bravely Default 2 also released for the Nintendo Switch. Um, and this game, it has been, <laughs> I mean, people have been waiting for this game for a long time. I know they, you know, they Bravely Default was kind of like a hidden gem when it first released. And then they did Bravely Second. And that's one that I picked up. And that one was really fun. Um, and now this one is the proper sequel to, you know, the uh, the first game. And I played the demo and I have to say that it's more of Bravely Default. Um you know, it is not a I, it's the one thing that I appreciate about this particular title is that it's not the type of game that's going to hold your hand. Uh, this is a definitely grindy game where you have to get, you know, you get your stats and your characters up so that you can progress properly, you know, because you'll run into, you know, if you you follow the trail of the mission and run into, you know, um, a scenario that you just cannot handle because you didn't uh, take the time to really grow your characters properly. So this is something where you, you know, it's a game where it has a fantastic story, fantastic characters. Uh, you got to take time to grow the characters and get them, you know, really in charge so that when you do take on those missions, um, you know, you can, you, you can be formidable in some sense as opposed to getting wiped. And uh, yeah, it's it's uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure a lot of people are enjoying that game right now. I haven't picked it up yet. I plan to pick it up later. But uh, yeah, uh, Bravely Default 2. Um, now that we've gotten all that out of the way, we're going to talk about um, the main uh, topic of discussion for today. And it is the question that I pose to the community. And you know, I'm pretty sure a lot of other people have asked themselves and, and continue to do so. And the question is, where's Castlevania? What happened to Castlevania? Like, like, seriously. So, you know, in a nutshell, you know, most people, you know, if you say, well, where's Castlevania? You know, most people at this point will say, well, they haven't made a game in a long time, which is true. And the most recent thing that they've done is uh, secure a Netflix series, which the Netflix series isn't half bad. Um, I actually enjoy the Netflix series a great deal. I hope that they continue um, making, you know, more uh, episodes and seasons and whatnot, um, because it's following one of my favorite protagonists, uh, Trevor Belmont. I have always had it, had a, uh, you know, a understanding that he was just like the primary hero. I mean, everybody knows it's Simon, but Trevor was just always the one for me. I don't know why it was, but I came up in my entire childhood just really appreciating Trevor. But, you know, over over decades, you know, Castlevania has been a huge thing. Um, You know, they it, it's really funny because. To start the, to start, you know, on the you know, on the NES and the uh, MSX2, you know, like to start on those platforms and to evolve to, you know, pretty much every platform that followed after. I mean, they were really consistent. You know, we we had 
come through Castlevania. Then we had Simon's Quest and then we had Dracula's Curse. And those were just, you know, some awesome games, you know, just on NES. And then they, they, you know, they started to do something that, you know, some people may not think, you know, it's not always easy for, for people to make these transitions. So when they made their portable, their transition to portable uh, with uh, Belmont's Revenge on the uh, Game Boy, um, it was highly successful. You know, it was highly successful. And I think at that point, they they realized that they had something more in you know in the franchise overall now they go they would go on and they would do more games and you know like i said they went through this snes and then they you know they did uh games on the cd um pc engine they did a lot of stuff now the now the game where everybody now okay if you're if you're historic about castlevania then you'll probably say that you you started with the original trilogy back on the nes um but a lot of fans started you know, during the PlayStation time with Symphony of the Night. And that's that's a huge game. It's a huge game. And it's it's one of the games that created its own genre in in a Metroidvania, as they would call it. Um, but, you know, it, uh, it, it what they haven't what they haven't done is let that game define the, the direction of Castlevania as a whole. You know, and you saw that when they were moving on to like uh, the handhelds, you know, back when the Nintendo DS was a thing, uh, you know, the Game uh, Game Boy Advance, you know, all of those handhelds that they had back when. I mean, they had games that were coming out and they were rivaling some of the console games. And, you know, they and again, they, they would keep pushing forward and. You know, in, in its most in in their most recent, you know, uh, release, they did they did uh, Castlevania Lord of Shadows and Lord of Shadows 2 and that and Lord of Shadows 2. That was in 2014. So it's been a, it's been a while. And like I said, I mean, they had they there. There's so many other things that they that they've released. But like, let's like really look at it and try to understand exactly what happened. Now, like for me, when I when I think about Castlevania and especially when I think about its inception, I think about a game that, you know, at the drawing board, it's just it's just like, let's make this game. We're going to put these, you know, these random monsters that everybody can identify because everybody can identify Dracula. We all know, you know, I mean, in the original game, you know, you had the mummy, you had, uh, you know, you had Frankenstein, you had Medusa, for God's sake. And, you know, like they they I, I really honestly don't believe that they thought this game would be as big as it became. Um, but then they did go off the rails when they when they did uh, Simon's Quest. You know, Simon's Quest was more like an RPG as opposed to being a straight up action game. Um, but then they took it back to the basics with Dracula's Curse and Dracula's Curse, even though they went back to the basics as far as like the adventure style formula i mean it still kind of had an rpg sense because you had multiple directions you had um you know different characters that you could recruit um you know and and you had uh multiple endings you know like this was the first time that you you heard of games like that with multiple endings you know and different ways to kind of see the progression through and i really i really think at that point they started to understand that okay um, 
we may have something bigger than what we thought about, you know, you know, a few years back, you know, when we first did this. And to be honest, I think the one thing that really locks uh, Castlevania down is is the timeline. I think that with a timeline, you know, that spans, you know, within its lore, it spans a few hundred years uh, and in some cases thousands of years. Um, there aren't very many windows left of time that they can tell a new tale um, because because my whole thing is this, you know, if they tell me that it's, uh, you know, the, the 16th century and, you know, there this vampire hunters out doing this awesomeness for, you know, for a spell of time, I'm still going to think that even after the after, you know, the thought of the game, you know, uh, you know, he's he's accomplished his mission. He still has to be living and doing something, you know, at least in in more in his mortal time for like the next. I don't, I don't know, maybe 30, 40 years. So it's like. You know, they, they really have to think hard about not crossing the path of a lot of their protagonists, because, you know, when when one exists, another one can't because there because, you know, usually the story is always that, you know, somebody has inherited uh, the vampire killer, which is the whip. So, you know, it's like. What happens to the vampire killers that um, that either retire or or die or perish and, you know, like we don't hear anything else about them. So we don't really know um, what the solid reason is behind why we don't hear from some of these certain uh, protagonists. Now, I think, you know, like, again, coming into the most recent ones with like Lord of Shadows, it, it's just a point where they stopped telling stories about the vampire killer. Now it's all about the vampire. So now we're telling stories from the perspective of, um, you know, Dracula and, and, and how he came about. And while interesting, I don't think it's necessary. I, and honestly, I, I it's really it's just really hard for me as a fan of uh, Castlevania to like really take any opposite directions, you know, versus what I'm so used to, because they've already told enough stories between, you know, a Castlevania proper, you know, where there's a, you know, a whip wielding uh, adventure involved. I mean, they, I mean, they've, I think with their last maybe five, they've, you know, they haven't been, nobody's been, uh, using a whip, you know, like they've had Lord of Shadows 2, Mirror of Fate, Lord of Shadows, um, Order of Ecclesia, which that, that's probably one of my favorite Castlevanias, um, Order of Ecclesia, um, because it was just so unique. And I, and, and to be really, really honest, I feel like that is the uh, precipice for a game like Bloodstained. I think Bloodstained exists because of Order of Ecclesia. If you compare the two, you'll see the similarities between the heroes. It is just, it, it's, you can't doubt it. You cannot doubt it. But, um, you know, my, I think my favorite game, my favorite console game, because over Order of Ecclesia was on the DS, my favorite console game um, that they did, you know, that didn't involve a vampire killer was Curse of Darkness, you know, with Hector. 
And that one was, you know, was about as far as I wanted to understand away from, you know, a proper hero. Um, but I don't, I, I don't really know where, you know, Konami, because they are the, you know, creators of this franchise, where they plan to go. And we can, you know, we can, you know, we can appreciate them for, you know, releasing, uh, you know, uh, collector, uh, you know, collections, you know, they've released, you know, a number of games in a collection. Um, they did a mobile game, but I think it's Japan only. I think it's called uh, Grimoire of Souls, um, which I haven't had the chance to experience, but I'd like to. Um, but I don't know, like what, like the the thing about it is that it's not, it's really, the question is really deeper than just what happened at Castlevania. I think, I think lore wise, it's just really hard for them to go in a lot of different places because throughout the lore that they've already explained, they've, they've been everywhere. They really have. I think at this point, you're either going to be retelling a story or you're going to be telling a side story at, um, in the, in the existence of one of your current heroes. Like, cause I don't, I don't know of another Belmont can exist. I mean, I'm pretty sure they can squeeze more in, but it's just going to be, it's going to get to that star Wars point where it's going to be hard to decipher where certain people were when particular events were taking place, you know? Um, so there's, there's that, but I, I would, I would really enjoy a new game that, you know, does revolve around a proper whip wielding hero. But as I was saying, like the deeper thought about this whole thing is that it's Konami. I mean, this is the same company that allowed Hideo Kojima to just walk away and, you know, and make a company that competitively is going to put them in the ground if they ever decide to, you know, make a game within the franchise he created. But they have a ton of other franchises that they're neglecting short of, you know, uh, Castlevania, you know, there's Metal Gear, there's um, Silent Hill, you know, so I think it's just with Konami. I think that's, I think that's really the overall answer um, as far as what happened to Castlevania. And I don't, I don't know, I don't, so, so if somebody asked me, could Castlevania exist today? I would say yes. But I would think that for it to exist today, it needs to be, it needs to be a retelling of one of these former stories. I don't, I don't think, I don't think that they can tell a story, um, a new story anymore. I, and I, and I think that there's enough for them to lean on to where they can remaster any one of these games and they will be, you know, taken with so much adulation. I mean, I would love a next generation version of symphony of the night. I would love a next gen version of Dracula's curse. Hell, tell me the story of the original trilogy in one big game and have it deal with all these different characters kind of in and out 
you can make it episodic. You could do whatever. And man, it would, I personally think that it would blow, you know, in every other adventure game out of the water. You know, you make it, you make it an adventure RPG, you know, make it to where you have to, uh, you know, you can get, uh, gear, you know, have your gear, have rarities, crafting like man you it's so much that they could do to rekindle what once was one of the greatest franchises in gaming history that you know if i was konami i i would i would take what i could get because they have they have a they have a world they have a world of potential in crafting some of the best stories that some of the newer gamers who have no idea about the awesomeness of Castlevania can experience if they just take the time and show a little love and appreciation. Well, that's going to do it for me guys. I hope, uh, hopefully, you know, like I, like this wasn't necessarily a history, uh, a history of Castlevania or anything like that. Just really just me formulating a question, but you can ask, you know, what uh, you can answer. What do you think happened to Castlevania? I mean, maybe you have a different understanding, different perspective. Um, you can always hit me up on Twitter, uh, more TA podcast. Uh, that's more TA podcast on Twitter. Uh, and let's talk about it. Let's discuss it. Uh, you know, what's going on with Castlevania? And if they did a remake or a retelling of any one of the particular stories that they have in their line, like would you want to see like Circle of the Moon on PS5 or Xbox uh, One? You know, would you want to see a new... Uh, dracula x or you know any of the other you know maybe aria of uh aria of sorrow on you know on a major console you know what what would you want to see as far as castlevania or would you want to just see something brand new with a new character a new telling just a new story all uh, overall love to hear from you guys um because you guys always make this uh content possible so thank you very much for that well as i said that's going to do it. I'm going to get out of here. Enjoy uh, your day today. And as always, take care of yourselves and each other. And I'll see you guys next time. Bye, guys.